Who's doing good this morning? Who feels a bit lighter today, a little bit freer after last night? You're like, what about who, who, who's got a partner who's just seemed to change overnight? Praise God. Just careful, careful. Don't get into trouble this morning. Whose partner needs to change? No, 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 don't, no, don't respond to that. Gotta <laughs> get them fixed today. Praise God. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, I will. I, I will just while you're sta- just standing for a moment. I, I think we've got some of my books here. Uh, I wrote this book. This is one of COVID's gifts to me. Instead of traveling, I had time to write. So I, I wrote a book uh, for about 20 years. I guess God unpacked a whole lot of revelation for me around finances and money. Uh, I just both personally struggled to to enjoy the blessing that God wanted to put on my life guilt-free. I just didn't have a, a theology for it. I also, as a pastor, dealt with a lot of people who ruined their lives by chasing money. And so they were chasing money and then ending up losing the things that were really important. Or I've also pastored a lot of people who are faithful tithing and generous and sacrificial in their giving, but still didn't break through financially and wondered why. And so over a season of, of a number of years, both through my own journey, I'm a, a business person, I've been involved in business for years, uh, still running a business. So through my own journey, through watching people break through, people, I was talking to a guy yesterday and he joined our church, 60 grand in personal debt, credit cards. Uh, now he's giving six figure amounts to church, uh, owns his own house. Got, and, and he would just say the, the principles of this book as what's helped him align his thinking to, the, to what the Bible says. So you can grab that if there's some copies out there. I think I'm doing an elective on it tomorrow as well. So we want to talk finances. So that should help somebody. Uh, or if you're already broken through, buy it and give it to somebody else. How's that? That's awesome. Um, it's awesome to see Jeremy Moore here. Give us a wave, Jeremy. So last night I was telling you how we had four Kiwi-born, uh, New Zealand-born exec. Part, three of our four exec pastors were New Zealand born. Jeremy was one. We sent him and Lisa back. They're gorgeous girls to plant a church in Auckland. And so it's awesome to see you here, mate. Love you heaps. Know you're about to kick into gatherings on Sundays and exciting days. So pray for these guys and support them. I know Alan's on his board or trust, trust board, which is magnificent. So, so great. So great to see you. Plus... He's super competitive and never wins the fantasy tipping league for super for super football for NFL. So just give him a hard time about that. Have you won yet? No, he hasn't won yet. That's that's so funny. So funny. Tell me a test. I would love to pray for you. Where are you? Come on, come on up here. Come on up here. Just just stand here, face me, lift your hands to God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Jesus said about Nathaniel, I saw you under the tree. And he, he made this statement about him, a, a, a man. And I just see this not as just as a man, but as a couple. A couple in whom there is no guile. In whom there is no guile. There's, a, there's no hidden agenda in your hearts. There's no, there's no self-promotion in your minds. There's no, there's no sense of we're in this for what we can get out of it. You've laid your life down for the call of God. You have been apprehended for the call of God. And you are about to come into the seasons of your life where rather than addition, you will see multiplication. Rather than, than adding one here and adding one there, there will come a multiplication of what you have 
have lived and led as an example. And what you embody in your very DNA is being imparted to a new generation. And therefore you will find uh, it's like there's a cycle that you've followed through in your lives. It's about to begin in the lives of so many other young men and women. I see you uh, moving into a season where you now uh, think as spiritual fathers and mothers, a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. And so rather than uh, those who are who are taking ground and fighting in your own right now, you're going to find sons and daughters will rise up around about you. And just as it says in Psalm, it says uh, that they're like uh, quivers, uh, arrows in your quiver, arrows unless the Lord builds their house. It says, then children are a blessing from God. And so this is what that, that promise actually means, that God builds their house through your children. And they'll stand at the gate and speak up for you and defend you. So Father, today I thank you for a new season and a fresh anointing and the authority and power of God right now, right now. Touch in Jesus' name. Touch with the power of God right now in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Give Jesus some praise. Amen, amen, amen. Who's, who's your youth leaders? You got a youth pastor leader, Sam? Sam? Sam, come on up here, Sam. I want to also just, uh, don't worry about them, skip around them, come over here. I got to say, man, I am loving the mullet. Like, I am such a mullet fan. Such a mullet fan. I just, it's, it's like, I'm not sure if here, but in Australia particularly, the mullet has come back for teenagers with a vengeance. It's, I, when I got when I got married, when Danielle well, when Danielle started chasing me because she's only human, uh, I had a mullet. It was irresistible to her. So, young fellas, if you want a key, if you're wondering, uh, is there a Mrs. Sam? She's in Canada. What's she doing in Canada? Okay, that's all right. Lift your hands to God, Sam. She's seeing a family. So you don't need to grow a mullet because you've already got a Mrs. Sam. So we're good. We're good. Is there, is there a Mr. Guitar, a Mrs. Guitar? Yeah, okay, you're good. See, it worked. It worked. It's good. Come on, quiet, please. Sam's trying to receive something from the Lord. Oh, God, right now, I just thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your anointing. Lord, you, you, uh, you bring us to impart gifts today. Lord, and so I come to impart into Sam's life a new level of a breakthrough anointing. God, a breakthrough anointing. There's been doors that he's been wanting to see open and have been closed. And today, today's a marked moment where you will, we're drawing a line in the sand and you're going to step over this line, Sam, and a, a new level of authority and a new level of spiritual grunt is going to come on the inside of you and you are literally going to have a, a breakthrough anointing. I see doors that have been closed into particular schools, uh, doors that have been closed in different areas that begin to open up because a breakthrough anointing comes on you. So Father, right now, I release the power of the Holy Spirit, a fresh breakthrough. Loose it into Him right now, right there. There. Rosa la ro 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 ro. La ra ra ramba. La re bo ramba. That's it. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. Rosale bo rosha kalambra. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I see you firing arrows at the enemy, taking down things in the spirit realm that then begin to manifest in the natural realm. 
in Jesus' name. Lead, lead the youth in prayer. Lead them, not just don't just pray for them. Light a fire of prayer in this youth ministry. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 That cool? Good man. God bless you, Sam. All right, give your neighbor a high five. Grab your seats. Thank you, band. You can grab your seat together. Samrakia la Ramra. Who thinks we should bring back the mullet? Any fans? Just, just, oh, it's quite a lot. You know what? That was all men who put their hands up. That was awesome. Any ladies think we should bring back the mullet? No, 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 no there's a guy clapping. Dude, you can't do that. If I ask for the ladies, you're not allowed to clap as a man. It's like you're, over, you're overwhelming the, the zero response. Fantastic. Hey, I want to I share this morning is, in this session uh, a message that I call a new soundtrack. A new soundtrack. And uh, I, I don't know about you, every now and then we'll hear a song that comes on the, the radio or, or just on, a, on a, a Spotify and it's like an old song. Uh, I, I can't even remember who sings it, but it's like, I'm a believer, you know. I thought love was only true in fairy tales. You know that one? Then I saw her face. Now... Thank you very much. Now I'm a believer. And so we'll, we'll, I'll hear it. And what it does is it takes me back to an era when our kids were all little and Saturday morning was chore morning. And we, would, we had a, a Shrek playlist, okay? So we played the Shrek playlist and it would come on and we tried to trick the kids by the, the chores of fun and they would pick a chore out of the bowl and when they finished that chore, they'd get a lolly and it was like, it didn't really work, but we were trying to make it fun and we had the playlist and everything. It was, it was awesome, right? And so I remember when I hear that soundtrack of the Shrek soundtrack, it takes me back to those days. Uh, I remember if I hear, I don't know, now some of you I'm going to date myself, young people, just hold me for a moment, but uh, Sleepless in Seattle had a soundtrack, right? And when I got married in 1995 on our honeymoon at Daydream Island, the one soundtrack that played the whole time in the foyer was Sleepless in Seattle. They would play it over, and I won't sing that to you, but over and over. So whenever I hear that soundtrack, it takes me back to to our honeymoon. I remember the, the place, remember the food, remember it all. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I remember it all. It was awesome. And so then, uh, you know, other songs I can think of in, in the mid-90s, there was a move of God, and particularly there was like a river of God's love flowing. And one of the songs we sung was, was uh, I Can Sing of His Love Forever. I can sing of His love forever. And we'd sing it. Yes, yeah, like a delirious song. And uh, we'd sing it and sing it, and we literally sang it forever. I would sing of His love forever. But what it does is it takes me back to the feeling of what was going on in that moment in my encounter with God. That's the power of worship. When you have breakthrough and a particular song carries a particular spirit, that, that soundtrack or that song carries an anointing and we can kind of remember that's all, oh, that, that feeling, that encounter, that moment that I had with God. You can also get some not great soundtracks in your mind. Uh, so, oh, so there'll be some parents here, and if I started singing Baby Shark, da, 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 you'd be like, don't. I'm going to have PTSD. Baby Shark, da, 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 da. I'm going to have PTSD. Why? Because it's, it just gets in your head, right? Or if you're a little bit older, you'll get another one like, don't tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Okay, that's like, Billy Ray, that's, I'm really showing my age there right now. And it's like, oh my gosh, some of you're going to be singing that all day. You're welcome. Okay, so it's, it's a playlist. It's a soundtrack, and it gets stuck in your mind. 
And each of us, uh, although they are they're musical soundtracks, each of us have a soundtrack, a playlist uh, uh, in our inner world, in our mind and in our heart. We have, we have words that are going constantly about all sorts of different things. It's, it's, your, it's your core belief. It's your subconscious truth. It's about, uh, we have them about God. We have them about people. We have them about marriage. We have them about relationships. We have them about family. And particularly, we have them about ourselves. We have a, self, we have a soundtrack or a playlist that goes constantly about ourselves. And one of the things the devil wants to do, once you're a Christian uh, and he, he realizes you're going to go to heaven, so he's not going to try and make you bad anymore. One of the things he'll try and do is he'll try and make you busy so that you don't have time for God. Or he'll actually try and rob your confidence so that you don't have the godly confidence to step into the destiny that God's got for you because there's a soundtrack or a playlist about yourself that you don't have what it takes or you're not quite good enough or you're, you're not quite gifted enough or you're not quite this or whatever it might be, the, the soundtrack. You read through the Bible and you find this soundtrack holding back or intimidating a number of key leaders. God comes to Jeremiah and he has to, he has to say to him, Jeremiah, don't say I'm too young because he's, he's got something on the inside of him that goes, I'm not old enough to be used by God. Don't say I'm too young. He comes to Moses and Moses says, Lord, I can't speak. Now, it's not actually true because in the New Testament, the Bible talks about how Moses was skilled or excellent in speech. But somehow on the inside of him, he got a soundtrack that I can't speak. And God actually got mad at him. And he was, trying, he was disqualifying himself based on this voice on the inside, this, this inner critic, if you like. God, God comes to Gideon and, and says, Gideon, you're going to deliver the nation, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon goes, who? Me? I, I'm the weakest of the clan. I'm the, I'm the most insignificant person there is around. What's that? That's his soundtrack. That's a playlist that's going on both out of his heart and in his mind. And it tries to rob him of his confidence and disqualify him from stepping into what God's got for him. We read it in the New Testament. Paul has to write to Timothy. Timothy's a young man. He's probably a teenager leading a church of up to 60,000 people in Ephesus. Maybe he's in his early 20s. And understandably, uh, now Timothy is a contrast to Titus. Titus is like, let me at them. Give me them. I'm going to belt heads around here and I'm going to make you all line up. Titus is oozing confidence. Timothy is quite timid. Timothy is, he's been raised in faith by his mother. There's a whole lot of reasons that Timothy is a bit timid, partly with personality, part would be upbringing. But Paul has to write to him and say, don't let anyone look down on your youth. He says, and he says, stir up the gift of God in you. Don't neglect the gift of God in you for God didn't give you a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, Timothy's thinking, maybe God did give me that spirit of, of humility. Humility. And Paul has to tell him that this humility that he's got is not humility. Humility causes us to get in the prayer closet and be reliant on God. 
That's what humility does. But humility does not make us stand back and not stir up the gift or use the gift that God's got us. That's the other side. That's timidity. It's, and it's a spirit of timidity, Paul says. Instead, you've got to put on power, love, and a sound mind, a new soundtrack, Timothy. You've got to get a new soundtrack about yourself or you're going to get run over by the hordes of the Ephesians because of your lack of confidence in who God's called you to be. When we first became senior pastors of our church in the year 2000, uh, I was 29, Danielle was 27. We really kind of hadn't been to Bible college. I would call us accidental pastors. Uh, we were involved in business. I thought that was the call of God for my life. I told my pastor, God's called me to business. And he kind of just smiled. And, and then a few years later, we started to get a little bit involved. We're preaching. We're doing different things in the church. And after a while, we were practically running the church, but not leading the church because it's different. Leading the church means you take all the spiritual weight and responsibility. Running the church is more operational, organizational. So we're running the church. And so there comes a time where our pastors get called to go to Vancouver to plant the first C3 in Vancouver. Graham and Pat Fletcher, great Kiwis, got saved here under Peter Morrow's ministry many years ago. And they, move, they go and, they go, and they're kind of looking around the room and it's like, we were the last ones left. So you guys are going to lead the church. That's how it felt like to me. It was always God's plan. That's how it felt like to me. So we get to this day where we're going to get prayed for to become the senior pastors. And, and Mike Connell, another, like my whole life is intertwined with Kiwis. It's awesome, all right? Mike Connell comes on the day to pray for us. And he, he gets up in, the, in the, the beginning of the service and he says, this is what's going to happen. Uh, he goes, John and Danielle, you hold hands. Church, reach your hands out. And in a moment, there's going to come a transition of the weight and the, the responsibility of heaven for this church. It's going to come off them and it's going to come on you. Now, I'm here in the moment thinking, well, we've been running the church for the last couple of years, day to days, pretty much all that's going to happen now is we're going to get the title and away drives. This is going to be awesome. So I'm like, move on with the spiritual weight chat, Mike. That's enough of that. Let's get to the prophecy about how awesome we're going to be. That's, what I, that, that's what's going on in my mind, all right? This, this, is, what, this is what's happening. And, and he rabbits on a bit more about spiritual weight and undergird them with your prayer. And I'm like, yada, yada, yada. Come on, let's just get the 10 feet tall prophecy. So he says, you're going to take a step forward. And the, when you take a step forward, symbolically, you're stepping into the role of being the senior pastors of this church before God. So we're like, all right, cool. And then, and then are you going to prophesy? I'm not quite sure. Anyway, so we take a step forward, go down under the power of God, and literally I got up depressed. <laughs> literally. Just bam, like that. Which is why you need to pray for your pastors. Because there is an intangible spiritual weight and responsibility. This is what it felt like. If you've ever seen in the movies where there's like a war going on and there's cannons from the side over the people and then the infantry's running in, it felt like the cannons were over there and, and we're over there and suddenly they all went zzzz. It's like hell started to go, start raining down fire on those two. Because if you can strike the shepherd, you'll strike the sheep. And so we, I oh know it gets better. We move, so we moved into this. The, 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 the key point of that is pray for your pastors. Stand with them. There's, there's something that's powerful going on, all right, in their lives. They need you to, to, to defend them, to fight for them, to, to undergird them, not undermine them. And anyway, so we, we move into this, this zone of becoming senior pastors. And so I'm depressed and I'm, I've got this weight on me and every self-doubt in me begins to manifest. 
every thought. And so I start to go through this, I'm not good enough, I'm inferior, I don't have what it takes. And then, and then of course, when, you, when you're struggling with inferiority and intimidation, you start to look at other people and compare yourself and you're like, well, they're amazing and I'm just this and they're incredible. Thankfully, Instagram wasn't around when we became senior pastors, all right? It's magnified the comparison trap at another level of inferiority and intimidation, all right? And, and so, so anyway, I'm going through this zone. So I began to realize I needed to get an upgrade on the soundtrack of my heart about myself. Because if I was to keep believing the lies that were, I was being bombarded with from the enemy, that weren't just lies from the enemy, but they were pushing on things that, that were actually deep, that were written on my heart, and they were bringing them to the surface, I need to go to work. So every day I, would, I began uh, to go to a place on the, on the sunny coast called Point Cartwright. There's a lighthouse there. You can look over the whole coast. And I'd go up and I'd begin to declare the Word of God. And I began to, Joshua was one of the big ones for me at that point. Uh, be bold, be strong, be courageous. You're going to lead this people into the promised land. And so I began to, to take the scripture and personalize it. So instead of saying you, I would say I, I, I am bold. I am strong. I am courageous. I am anointed. And I've got to tell you, for the first 10 or so minutes of doing that, I felt like I was lying. Just, it would dribble down my chin. Because I didn't really believe it. But I was in the process of rewriting my soundtrack, of re-recording something on the inside about myself so that I could get into the godly confidence that God wanted me to have. Okay, so what happened for me in that first two years and, and when I eventually like felt comfortable in my own skin, felt called and anointed and equipped for that, every time there's been a level of spiritual promotion in my life, whether it be to look after a region of churches or the, or the nation of Australia or the step into the role we have now with Pastor Phil and Chris leading, uh, you know, helping lead about 580 churches around the world. Every time there's been a promotion, there's been a new, I've had to get an upgrade of my soundtrack. I've had to work with God. And so I've learned over the years, and I want to share with you three, three principles around a soundtrack to help you not be limited by a spirit of intimidation or the voice of doubt and self-doubt on the inside, thinking that it's humility when in actual fact, it's the devil trying to keep you timid and robbed of all that God's got for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be good for you. Are you ready? Three, three, three keys right now. Three keys right now. The first thing that we need to do is we need to recognize the lies we believe and repent of believing them. I want you to write that down. Recognize the lies that we believe and repent of believing them. Now, you know, there are some harmless lies we get told as a kid, right? Harmless lies. I don't, we have Mr. Whippy over here, the ice cream van with the music. All right, I don't, do we call it Mr. Whippy here? Okay, so, you know... Some parents may have told their children that when Mr. Whippy's ice cream music is playing, it means he's run out of ice cream. Some, some parents may have said that. Okay. Some parents, not us, might have told their children that they don't sell replacement batteries for that toy. Come on, we know who you are. I read this one. My flatmate grew up on a farm and the parents said that the TV only works when it's raining. That's quite genius. All right, these are some of the lies. 
This one's a little harsh but quite effective. It's from a mum when their kids go to the store and they're all touching everything. And they said they taught, taught their kids that they didn't realize till I was 21. Every time you touch something in the store, a baby kitten dies. <laughs> here to help your parents, just here to help you. Okay, so some reasonably harmless lies. I'm not recommending lying as a parenting strategy. <laughs> However, there are other lies that we do believe at our core, even if we don't verbalize them. And then when somebody gives us a compliment, it bounces off because in our subconscious, written on our heart, is a lie. Someone says, oh, you look beautiful. And on the inside, you're, you're like, no, I'm ugly. And you can't receive that compliment. So there's all sorts of lies that you'll find. Things like, I'm too old to be used by God now. That's a lie. I'm inferior. That's a, that's a lie that I had to deal with over a period of years. I'm inferior to others. I'm not good enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not worthy to be loved by God. I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. Uh, my past disqualifies me. I'm a second-class Christian. I've been rejected and I'm still rejected. If I step out again, I'm only going to get hurt again. These are lies. I don't belong here in this church. One of the big lies of the enemy. I'll never break through. I'll never have enough. I'm never going to change. I'm not holy enough. God hasn't really forgiven me of all my past. These are, these are lies. And if you don't, now you might not say them. But if the soundtrack's playing them, it's undermining your future and who God's called you to be. So step one, to break free from intimidation and, and be, get a godly confidence on the inside is to recognize the lies. And so I would encourage you, it's today we're going to spend a bit of time praying, but even over the next few weeks, begin to say, Holy Spirit, what are the lies about me? Let's just go there. What are the lies? Because some of us believe lies about God. Some of us believe lies about men. Some of us believe lies about women. Some of us believe lies about marriage. Some of us believe lies about church. And the, the, these lies, these subconscious truths that we think are truths but aren't truths are usually based on experience, misinformation, disappointment, and failure in our past that's branded us with the wrong image that's not truth and does not line up with the Word of God. But it will keep us captive unless we recognize it's a lie and begin to go to work to pull down. And this is what the Bible calls these things strongholds. They are strongholds. So we recognize the lies and we, re and, and we have to actually repent. We say, God, I repent for belief because you've got to own it. There's no, there's, no, there's no use beginning to work on getting a new soundtrack and a new playlist in your heart and your mind it's, it, without actually repenting of the lies. It would be like going to the dentist where you've got deep tooth decay and they just put a filling over the top. They actually have to dig the stuff out. That's what repentance does. Go to work with God. So step one, getting a new soundtrack, is you've got to recognize and repent of believing the lies. And sometimes it might take you six months. Literally every day, God, I repent. I believe that lie so long, I, I repent of it. I believe that lie so long, I repent of it. See, here's the thing. 
about a, a stronghold. A stronghold is a demonically energized thought pattern that you have in your heart and your mind. It's demonically energized. Now, you can get a, a Holy Spirit energized thought pattern in your heart and your mind. You can actually get a good stronghold. Because then the enemy comes in with a lie and it bounces off because you're like, no, I'm a son or a daughter of God. I'm loved, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm highly favored. And the enemy comes in with a lie and it bounces away because you've, you've developed a godly stronghold. But a demonic stronghold energized uh, in, in that way, it's, a demon is like a nail. You can pluck a demon out like that. But a stronghold's like a screw. It's been screwed in over a period of time into your mind and into your heart. I won't say you're screwed in the head, but you've, it's been screwed into your mind and your heart over a period of time. And so it's not just a moment of deliverance that gets you free from a stronghold. It's a journey of unscrewing the lies and then replacing those lies with truth. So the repenting is like, God, I believed I'm inferior. I repent of believing that lie. I believed I'm not good enough. I repent on believing that lie. I believe that I don't have what it takes. I repent of believing that lie. I, and so you just go to work over a period of time, repent, get it out. Does that help? That's step one. Is that helping anybody? Step two. I oh, know this is good preaching. And it's actually not just preaching. It's my life of the last 20 years. All right, so the, the second point is this. Once you've, once you've worked on re recognizing the lies and repented, then you've got to actually rebuke the spirit that's behind them. You've got to rebuke the spirit that's behind them. Jezebel, Elijah has the best day of his life on Mount Carmel. I mean, he has the greatest revival in the history of the Old Testament. Fire from heaven, slaughters the, the enemy, rain comes. It's unbelievable. And within uh, 48 hours, he wants to take his own life. That's not emotional depletion after a great day. That's because Jezebel heard about it, sent word to him. By the end of this day, God, you know, help me, this is my paraphrase, if you will not be dead. And, and here's the thing about the demonic spirit of intimidation. It travels on words. Remember John Bevere once used this statement, demons are like surfers and they travel on words. The waves are words. The, waves, the, the words can be from a person you love, a godly person, or somebody else. But those words travel into your heart and into your mind. And so what you've got to do is recognize it's not just these lies that you believe. There's a spirit behind them, and you've got to come against them. This is why, like you think when, when uh, Jesus talks to Peter, and Peter's like, Lord, you're not going to go to the cross. That's not going to happen. And, P and Jesus goes to Peter, get behind me, Satan. And you're like... Mm, that would be a hard moment as a, as a disciple, I reckon. He's just had the, your awesome flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. I'm going to build this church on you. The gates of hell won't prevail. I give you the keys. He's like, he's riding high. And then a, a few verses later, he gets the get behind me, Satan. Now, let, why did Jesus, Jesus wasn't speaking to Peter. He was speaking to the, to the devil who was at him behind Peter trying to intimidate him or take him off track from his call, the moment he heard the word, he's like, I'm not dealing with that later. He's like, I just get behind me, say, I'm not taking that rubbish. I'm so focused. I've created a stronghold of who I am and what my calling is that you say something to me and it bounces off me straight away and he rebukes, not Peter, but Satan behind Peter. Now, Peter might have had to shake that off a little, I can imagine, repent a little bit. 
for being a vehicle, but ultimately Jesus recognizes we've got to take authority. Now, that, that's last night's message. We weren't, I'm not going to relive that. It's just you have authority and you can take authority. And I literally every day spend about a minute or two resisting so you can get free from the enemy, but then the enemy wants to come back. So I would go after four things every day because I'd realize that because of my upbringing, background and past, I'll be vulnerable to intimidation or rejection. I'll be vulnerable to religious spirits of poverty and condemnation. And so literally pretty much every morning I'll, I'll face outside my house and I'll go, devil, I'm resisting. I've already repented and submitted to God. I'm resisting you today. I'm not going to accept intimidation on my life. I'm not going to accept condemnation or poverty on my life and I go through about four things because I've realized that I'm keeping the ground that I've taken and not letting the enemy come back in. So once you do that and make it your practice and somebody says something or something happens that's contrary to this stronghold you've built, you're like, oh, that's rubbish. I, I love it with our kids. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll meet new people and come back and go, how'd you go? And, they'll, and, they'll, and they'll, this is like a piercism. Because I believe it's, it's actually a, a dad's job in your children to build confidence. It's a dad's job to say, you're my loved son, you're my loved daughter, uh, you're, I'm, I'm pleased with you. And to build into them a stronghold of confidence from a very young age. So I love it when my kids come back and they've met someone new and they go, how did they go? How'd you go? And they, and they go, oh, they loved me. And then all of us almost in unison go, what's not to love? It's just like, that's, that's a saying. That's just, that's, I want that stronghold in their mind. What's not to love? A confident stronghold. Okay, so we're rebuking. And then the third thing is we need to renew our soundtrack. Okay, your soundtrack is a combination of two things. Bible talks about what's written on your heart. Your heart and your mind are very interconnected. Your, your, your heart is like the center of emotion, fear, faith, anxiety. Uh, Bible says guard your heart because out of your heart flows the issues of life. And then your mind is also, they, they interconnect very strongly. Actually, science shows that your heart is the center of your thought life and it sends signals to your mind, not the other way around. That's why guarding your heart is very important. Proverbs 7 says, Keep my commands and live and my law is the apple of your eye. This is the word of God. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. The process of renewing your mind is to realize that there's been lies written across my heart. I'm recognizing them and I'm erasing those lies through repenting and forgiving people. And, and now I'm going to start to rewrite new truths, the Word of God. I'm going to write the Word of God on my heart. And the way you do that is consistent repetition of promises of God that are the opposite of what the lies are. And you say, God, give me some scriptures that I can personalize and I can declare on a daily basis and make them about me. This is, I want you to get this revelation. God's name, Old Testament is, I am. Jesus comes and in, in the book of John, seven I am statements. You're made in the image of God. If you don't actually understand the power of your I am, you're going to actually get the wrong stuff put on your heart by other people. So what's written on your heart up to now has been a result of what other people have said, experiences and the past. But now what gets written on your heart is actually up to you. What are you going to write on your heart about you? What are you going to declare from the Word of God that is truth? What, what seed are you going to plant in your heart that's the Word of God? And so I've, I've got, literally, I've got 
uh, soundtracks that I've recorded. So I get anointed, I feel confident, I get these words over the years, and then I'll just start recording them. I'm, Look, Father, I'm your son who you love in whom you're well pleased. Jesus, I'm your co-laborer, I'm your servant, you're my Lord. I'm your soldier, I'm fighting with you. Lord, because I'm your servant, I've become your friend. And every, every statement is about me as a believer, but then there's others about my calling who God's called me to be. At one point when God began to put me into an apostolic role of overseeing churches, I read this scripture and Paul goes, I'm not inferior to the most eminent of apostles. And it jumped off the page at me. I'm like, awesome, Lord, you gave me an anti-inferior scripture. So I would begin to declare that on a daily basis once I've recognized the lies, repented of believing them, rebuked the spirit of intimidation. And then Lord, God, I'm not inferior the most eminent of apostles. I'm not inferior. And I'd name apostolic leaders who I respected and felt inferior to. And I'd go, I'm not inferior to this person. I'm not inferior to that person. I'm not inferior to this person. What I've got is from you and I've got exactly what I need for my calling and I don't need to compare myself. What are you writing on the tablet of your heart for God's call? And the, the second part of that is the renewing of your mind. We know Romans 12 verse 2, you'll be transformed this is like a butterfly transformed. So literally become a completely different person by the renewing of your mind. That's after you're born again. You'll be, you become a brand new creation when you get born again. But you actually get transformed when your mind gets renewed. Born again is a one-off moment that, that happens because God does it with you. Renewal of your mind happens when you sit in the house of God, listening to godly preaching from the Word. But when you actively go, I'm going to renew my mind according, I'm going to declare, I'm going to mutter the Word of God. I'm going to meditate the Word of God. I'm going to say the Word. The Word of God, it's not just some good mantras. It's powerful. It's alive. It cuts between my flesh and spirit. It cuts between the lies and the truth when I declare and mutter the Word of God. Can we stand to our feet right now? I want you to get a new soundtrack. Lift your hands to heaven. Some of you, God's calling you into a new day, a new season. Some of you have been going around the mountain. You've been, you get to that point and then you're like, oh, you play the humble card. Don't play the humble card. You, the humble card is played in the prayer room. Pride is the absence of prayer. Humility is when we get on our knees and we get right with God in the secret place. That's what humility is about. But then stepping in and taking our land, taking down the giants, taking down the Goliath, taking down the Anakites, taking down the Amalekites, taking down those lies. That's your role. Don't let humility keep you out of the battle. So Lord, right now with our hands raised, I pray that you'll reveal the lies that we've believed. You'll always be poor. You don't have what it takes. You're not good enough. You're not really forgiven. You'll always struggle with sickness. 
never be happily married. Lies. That's not from God. That's from the pit of hell. No one cares about you. The pit of hell. You don't belong here. From the pit of hell. You don't really have a purpose for your life. Straight from the pit of hell. Lies. You're too old. Straight from the pit of hell. Right now, recognize the light, circle it, and begin just repent. Lord, I'm sorry, I've believed this lie. Come on, just begin to do business with God. I believe this lie. I believe this lie. about ourselves. Lord, I repent. I repent. I've played the comparison game. I've fallen into the comparison trap. I repent. One of the signs that we don't have the confidence, the godly confidence that we need to have is we become hypercritical of other people. We call it discernment. We pull them down. But in reality, it's just intimidation and insecurity rather than celebrating their success and believing God for our success, we pull people down to our own level to make ourselves feel okay about where we are. Jesus. Come on, let your presence flow. Let your presence flow. Lord, right now, right now, we recognize that behind these lies is a spirit of fear and timidity. God, it's not a, It's not humility. It's a spirit of fear and intimidation. So today, we come against that spirit. I come with this group of people, God appointed, this great church, these great pastors, these great leaders. We come against every lie. We come against the spirit of intimidation, the Jezebel spirit that wants to shut us down, wants to control us, wants to reject us. And I say in the name of Jesus, loose God's people right now. Break off them right now. Get off them right now. Come on, begin to lift your voice right now. You're getting free. Come on, we're getting free from intimidation. We're getting free. You're getting your voice back. 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 Courageous. We will inherit the promises that you've got for us. We will take our promised land. says they said we were like grasshoppers in their sight how did they know were they mind readers did they under, could they get inside the giants minds to know that we looked like no 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 the reason they said that because what was written on their heart was we're inferior 
and insignificant. A slavery mindset was so deep in them, even though God had done miracle after miracle after miracle, their mindset stopped them from going into the promised land. When God said, you can do it, I'm with you, I'll go before you, they sh- their soundtrack played so loud as if we could do that. We're just insignificant grasshoppers. I want to tell you, you're giant killers. Come on, you're giant killers. You are going into the promises of God. You are moving into His future. You are breaking through. You're creating a new soundtrack. In Jesus' name, come on, give Him some praise right now. Amen.